Warning, this podcast has stories of real-life events and true crime that happens every day. These stories may contain adult language and graphic or disturbing details not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, we are here for part three and a half. <laughs> um, we may, it may be two-parter. Who knows what's going to happen with this. But uh, we've got that, at that guy sleazy back. Bryce, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Good. And I know we've got a lot to get to, so I thought we'd just uh, catch up on how, how your last couple of days have been for you, because it was just recently that we spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. I uh, had a good weekend. Uh, jumped on the bike and rode down from Tennessee to uh, Mississippi, where I'm working right now for the week. And then uh, later this week, nice. I'll mosey on back up to the mountains and enjoy the cold weather that we have up there. I mean, it's upper 50s here, low 60s, but I think it's in the 30s and 40s back home. So enjoy the enjoy the warm weather while I can. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in the... Uh... It's going between snowing and slushing here, so it's you know fluctuating between like twenty eight at night and thirty four in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like sixty oh, degrees yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, must be nice. Fifty eight, sixty. <laughs> no, because he's in Southern California, and Southern yeah. California is still in California. I'll be I'll be there in the uh, first weekend of January, so I'll be I'll be loving the the nice warm warm weather. Oh, well, it might get cold because last last year uh, in around January, we actually where I live, we got a fuck ton of snow and it shut down the freeway all the way down from like two big city or two small like suburb cities, and it shut down the whole fucking thing uh, for like all day, and we had snow for like a whole week. So. You oh, might come and be like, "What the fuck? This isn't California. <laughs> this is California. It's like twenty-five degrees outside or thirty-eight degrees. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah I, I hope, I hope not. Shit. I hope. I not. mean, it, it occasionally can get cold at night, especially if you, the higher desert you the go, high desert, the high desert of Los Angeles yeah. County. It'll get, it'll freeze, it'll snow occasionally, like once every yeah. six to eight years, it'll snow there. You know, yeah. um, but I'll be in San Diego. No, not so every sixty-eight. Uh huh. Uh, it's been every uh every couple of years so two years in a row it snowed uh no three years in a row it snowed and then we had a break for the, like a year and a half and then we got snow last year right so here's the thing i lived down there and i know now what snow is and that was not snow <laughs> well i mean yeah, California snow. it's not it's not comparable you know what it's, I mean? like, it's like anyway. texas snow right right well yeah, they did snowmageddon and nobody knew what to do right yeah, that exactly. was actually really bad. Yeah, I was anyway. Yeah. So we are back for part three and whatever else it takes to to get some of this, the rest of this stuff. Because now you have, uh, for those of you, again, uh, let's we'll catch you up. You joined the Marine Corps, spent your time in the Marine Corps, getting shafted by recruiters, not seeing an ounce of combat. Finally, yep. get out of the Marine Corps, get a wild hair to go back in the Marine Corps girl prevents you from going back to the Marine Corps or going as the PMC. So right. you still got the wild hair button. So when the girl finally goes, things kick off with Russia invading Ukraine. And you said to yourself, well, this looks like the last opportunity I'll get. And you flew yourself to Poland, spent several months. Once you got into Ukraine training, uh, Ukrainian citizens to be like citizen soldiers and to, and to like, and also yeah, the- soldiers. To do as well like, as military um, units as well, yeah. Right? So you're training up both civilian and military personnel, and then mm-hmm. finally, we get to the part where you said you linked up with the 59th. So what's the 59th? So 59th is uh, just uh, it's a 59th uh, mechanized uh, brigade um, out of uh, Mykolaiv. Uh, at least at the time when, when I was there, they I believe like their home base is. Um, the Mykolaiv region of Ukraine, which is going to be down by the, the Black Sea, um, uh, south, kind of just past Odessa. If you're going east, it's it's like an hour and a half past Odessa. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, mechanized brigade. Uh, oh, okay, Odessa, Ukraine, or Odessa, Texas? <laughs> oh, Odessa, Ukraine. Oh, bet, bet. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah. there. I loved it. It My was grandmother uh, was born in Zidimer. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember you saying that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so we did some training, uh, medical training out there for uh, different uh, combat medics and stuff. And uh, I was able to link up with the 59th uh, Brigade. And uh, there were several other foreigners that were getting ready to join them. So uh, we did uh, basically our in-processing um, in uh, Ternopil, Ukraine. So we had to go all the way back west. Like, I think the, the train is 18-hour train ride or something like that. It's so literally a complete opposite size of the country. <laughs> you were training military personnel and civilians to go and fight. And then you link up with a unit. The 59th, and then they send you back to basically what's called MEPS for us out here. And you've already been kind of training these people, and then they're like, Hey, by the way, you still got to go do this shit. And you're like, Come on, man. Like, I was teaching yep. you people what to do, and now you're sending me back to go to freaking MEPS. Like, ah, yeah, I get yeah, it, but like, you're like, God dang, this is kind of ass backwards. You know what I mean? One thing right. that I've learned is it doesn't matter what country you're in, there's yeah. bureaucracy inside the military, and it's all the same. It's <laughs> yeah, all well, yeah. hurry up and wait. We it's talk all, about that on the show all the time. Yeah, it's literally like, hey, man, here's your orders. Go sit next to that door and wait for somebody to open it. You know, mm-hmm. and Dude, yeah. literally you're just sitting there until somebody oh. opens the door and says, oh, no, story you're at the wrong door. You need to go to that door. Yeah, story of my life, dude. Like, you yeah. you know. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, right. So uh, it, oh, that's one thing I did learn. It didn't matter whether I was in you know the United States Marine Corps or the Ukrainian military. There is still a lot of the exact same military democracy mm-hmm. oh yeah wild. but yeah it's so government, uh, right? it's, it's government <laughs> service exactly exactly yeah so and you um, guys get the, the best equipment right <laughs> yeah the best soviet equipment <laughs> yeah after you get done talking about the the whole meps thing can you go in yeah. and talk about what the uh what the military just to see people have an understanding before you start talking, what the military equipment there was like, the vehicles, yeah. the yeah, how you the, got uh, gear and what weapons, the gear, the medical aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I actually have two different versions of that because I have two different completely things that happened to me because of my two deployments. So uh, okay. oh, I'll go cool. over. Yeah, so I'll go over uh, the first one for, you know, being in the, my, my first deployment and then uh, the, the second course for the second time. But um, sure. so, yeah, go go all the way back to Ternopil, um, which is uh, you know, far west Ukraine, uh, just outside of Lviv and um, spent a week there in a hostel uh, doing my doing my paperwork, you know, basically um, sitting there, gave them, you know, my D-14 from the U.S., you know, uh, told them all of my qualifications, you know, my skill sets, everything like that, what I've been doing in Ukraine uh, already. Um and uh, they wanted to know like what systems that I knew and everything like that. So I had to you know give them all my weapon systems that I know that I can act uh, accurately use and 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 know how the the weapon works essentially. Um, but then we also did a medical exam. Um, the psyche valve was probably the best psyche valve I've ever had in my life. The doctor looked at me, goes, "Are you crazy?" And I replied. <laughs> Well, I flew from America to your country to fight the Russians. So I don't know. You tell me. And he literally just looked at me and said, okay. And uh, in Ukraine, everything has, everything official has to have a blue stamp. Right. They're they're blue stamps. So, you know, he hit the blue stamp, signed it and said, okay, next. I was like, that's the easiest psychobal I've ever had in my life. Wow. Uh, it's just, just one you're question. grounded in reality because you're aware of how crazy what you're doing is and you're still doing yeah. it. If yeah, you yeah, were exactly. not crazy, you'd be like, this is totally normal. Right? Yeah, if, right. Crazy people are the ones that think they're sane, right? Only only sane people question their sanity. Crazy people never do. They <laughs> yeah. know they're sane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know crazy, so fine. <laughs> exactly. You're not crazy. It's a paradox. Anyway, so you get through this psyche val. And you're you're trying to get um, basically blessed through this psyche valve. You're 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 happy with it. They, the doctor gives you the blue stamp. Yeah, yeah. So then I go to um, and uh, we do you know the eye test, and uh, the eye test was different than what we do. You know, here it's you know just the alphabet or whatever. And there I was thinking you know it would just be the Cyrillic alphabet. And, you know, you just read whatever letter they have but it wasn't it was it was like up on triangle school it was it was weird um i don't weird. remember exactly what it was oh, but it was weird photography stuff 
uh, maybe, I don't know, but you still have to stand like, you know, a certain feet away from it. You know, you cover one eye, one eye, you know, all that stuff. But she, the, the least you would point and like, you'd have to say what she was pointing at. Like or triangle what direction. Kind of, or, or, what, or, or what direction it was in test. I'll bet you that's an international vision test because yeah. you may not be able to pronounce the letter. So you may say, th say it wrong and they'll think you, your vision's not working. But if you do it with directions and shapes, everybody regardless can indicate direction and shape regardless of language. So I'll bet you it's a, it's an international vision test. I don't think it was Ukrainians were taking the exact same test, but I can tell you right now, they didn't care if you could see it or not, because uh, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, he was doing the test and he couldn't understand like what she was asking. So when she would point to something and I'm standing kind of over by where she is at and he's standing, you know, however many feet off in the distance and she would point to something and he'd be like uh and i would just say it to him i'd be like this and he'd be like he would repeat exactly what i said and she'd be like good and then she'd hit the next one and then and then he'd be like uh i would say again i'd say what that one is and she it's and then he would repeat it and she'd go good and we did that for his whole test wow. <laughs> so i don't think she really cared if we could see it or not it was more of just a formality type deal hmm. but uh That's but hilarious. yeah so we do that yeah, so we do that whole medical thing all day long, whatever, you know, and it was it was, actually wasn't even all day. It was maybe two hours. It was the quickest in-processing medical I've ever had. Like, we skipped to the front of all the lines and everything. It was super cool, easy. And then we had to wait for them to, like, type up our contracts and stuff. And, you know, we had to do an interview with um, the guy that was typing up our contracts and stuff. And he was asking me, he was like, uh, you know, you know, what's your skill set and everything like that. Basically, everything that I'd already filled out. But now mm -hmm. he's typing it and translating it into Ukrainian for my orders. And uh, he asked me, he goes, have you ever have you ever been deployed? Have you ever you know, fought in a war? And I said, no. And he goes, "You have you been deployed? And I was like, no, I haven't. It was Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria. And I was like, no, <laughs> not, none of those. Right. And he looked at me and he goes, he goes, Iraq, Afghanistan. And like, he's just like staring at me. And I was like, no, man, I've never been deployed. Just a lot of training. And he goes, Afghanistan? Question mark? And I'm like, yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Afghanistan. I've been to Afghanistan. He's right. like, perfect. Boo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, starts, starts typing away. That I was, I was like, dude, I never, man, whatever you need me to say to, so you can just fill out this contract and get me in, like, let's do it. Yeah, sure. he's probably nudging you that uh, way. I'm blessed to nudge you the right way. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I think that's exactly what he was doing. He was like, "Hey, man, like I need something. Like, say it. Bro, <laughs> Just yeah, say it. Like twenty nine palms. <laughs> yeah. Okinawa. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So uh, do that one day, and and then it was really just playing the waiting game, you know, for contracts to come in after everything was submitted. I think we waited three or three days, four days, something like that, and while waiting got to meet some other foreigners that were there doing contract stuff a lot of people from america obviously a few people from uh, uh england and canada and then surprisingly i met probably like 10 or 15 guys from south america like it was crazy yeah they were there to fight alongside ukraine uh wow. where uh, from south america um i, I want to say i want to say a few of them were from cuba but i oh. could be I could be full of shit, but I Maybe want to say to get several... freedom. Like, well, we go fight, we disappear. But, in, but Cubans technically would fight on the Putin side of the fence, theoretically. Theoretically, right. Hmm, yeah, interesting. But I, interesting. I, I want to say Cuba, but I also could also be full of shit. Um, but hmm. I do know that they were all, you know, South American, Spanish speaking people um a few of them from mexico yeah, yeah. but for the most part south america um right. but uh but then there was this uh one american that i met the dude is probably dead now um <laughs> and right. i'm completely okay with saying this because he's he's a complete fucking retard so he uh was yeah. in the us for two years um he did artillery got kicked out because he was a drunk um, and literally was pushed out of the army because he was a drunk. Um, right. you know, two years in the army, that's, 
that's nothing. You know, by the time you go through boot camp, your job school, and then you hit the the, the fleet or uh, I think the army calls it the big A, you know, the operating forces. Right. Um, uh, you know, he, he could have only been active duty for no more than six to eight yeah. months. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You know, after artillery school and boot camp and everything like that, you know, I would think boot camp, artillery school, and everything. Well, a lot of take the about army stuff is like, it's like two and a half months or something like that or three months. And then they do their A yeah. school inside of their boot camp, which is another like month, maybe. That's right. That's true. And so they, they probably did like four months of training. It's not like us where we do. You know, we do the boot camp, then we we go home right. for a week, do recruiter's assistance, go back, go to SOI and go either ITB or MCT, and then we leave there, and then we go to one of our school, and then you have to wait to pick up, and, you know, there's a lot right. less so, of that stuff because so, it's integrated. Yeah, so at most, you know, he, he was in the Army for a year, maybe a yeah. year and a half, and I think that's pushing right. it. Year year and a half is pushing um, him actually doing his job and stuff. In the Army. So he doesn't he doesn't know shit. He's, he's right he's clueless um but uh you know he comes over to ukraine to help out with artillery systems and you know mortars and stuff like that uh, hey man good for you you're doing a good job good deed well first he joins the international legion um goes to the front lines and ends up getting kicked out of the international legion and arrested by the ukraine police for <laughs> being for being a drunk um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was on the front lines, a drunk on the front lines, and um, what the fuck? Yeah, ends up, Damn. yeah, ends up getting caught like stealing stuff, or and then he supposedly pissed all over like a commander's uh, sleeping quarters or something, <laughs> something like that. Don't don't don't, don't quote me on exactly. Don't quote me exactly where he pissed, but I do you know, know he, he pissed shit. all over something. Yeah, he pissed all over something. But then uh, he ends up, you know, they they detain him, right? And then they they locked him in a room. Um, he ends up escaping out of the window, Whoa. going, and you know, he's in full military uniform. He goes to like one of the neighbor houses or neighboring somewhere, dresses up in women's clothing to get away from the police and stuff like that. <laughs> and now he's he's with us in Chernobyl trying to get a contract. Yeah. Awesome. So, Wow. This this dude, he I talked to him, um, and he was a drunk even there. Like, you know, he was at the hotel all the time getting completely liquored up. Um, or he would go to the gas station or the or the, the market and just buy beers and liquor and like the dude was always drunk. Um but uh he well, changed he was his religion like don't run him from something. Yeah, yeah. Well he changed his religion like six or seven times in one year. Um he didn't anytime anytime he talked, he had he was completely talking out of his ass. Like he, he would contradict himself on everything that he would say. Like it was, it was wild. Um, wow. He also, I think was a supposedly a medic at one point, but he misspelled medic on his plate carrier. Um, oh, shit. Like, it, like it was, <laughs> don't ask me how you do that, but he did. Um, wow. But our, yeah, it was all kinds of shit. But um, so uh, you know, I get my contract. I leave with some other guys. He was trying to come to our unit, but we were all like, nah, man, that dude ain't coming. So we talked to the commander and the commander didn't have him come with us. So I never, I don't know what unit he went like that, but he ended up going somewhere and he was somewhere with some unit, um, or militia for, for several months. Um, if like probably about eight, eight months or so. And, I don't necessarily know why he originally left, but I have a feeling it has something to do with him getting kicked out again or was about to start facing charges from the SU in Ukraine. And um, mm. so he somehow ends up defecting and makes his way to Russia. And he told the this Russian reporter that um, and the Russian government that he was a spy and he was he'd always believed in communism and socialism and oh my God. Uh, uh, all this crazy shit. And he supposedly had all this documentation um, about where supply houses are where military headquarters are you know all these plans that ukraine has in the military like stuff that your normal ground 
infantrymen would not have, um, like commander right. level stuff. And he supposedly wrote it all down and had it memorized and defected over to Russia um, to give it all all to the Russian military. Um, and he was seeking asylum in, in Russia and stuff. It was, you can, I don't know where the video is. I've, I've seen it several times, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a video of him and, you know, walking in the red square and at like this little coffee shop in the red square talking to this reporter. The dude doesn't know any Russian, by the way, zero, <laughs> okay. um, zero Russian. Um, but this, uh, but even at one point, this reporter asked him, he goes, Oh, because he started talking about how the CIA was in Ukraine and helping Ukraine and stuff like that. And this reporter goes, well, how do you know that? And he goes, well, I, I met a, CIA, a guy from the CIA. He told me he was from the CIA and what he was doing there and all this stuff. I was like, first off, if some dude was actually there from the CIA, he didn't tell you he was there from the CIA. Like, it, no that's fucking not how way. That works. Right? That's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's not how that works. No. <laughs> but uh, but even this reporter, he goes, he goes, well, do you know his name? He's like, yeah, of course I know his name. I remember his name. He goes, the reporter's like, well, what is it? He goes, oh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> oh man, what was his name? And the reporter's like just sitting there waiting for it. And he's like, and they're like walking in Red Square while they're while they're doing this interview. And uh, he's like, oh man, uh, he goes, I I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. Uh, he goes, what what about a first name or or a last name? Just just something. And uh, he goes, uh, yeah, yeah yeah. And he, he pulled out some fucking random name out of his ass, and, and and I was like, you're not even you don't you're not even believable on this interview. Even this reporter's like, yeah, you bullshit. But you know, all <laughs> yeah. all for the propaganda. Um, He's in the gulag, like, bro. Oh yeah, that's what that's why I said I think I think this dude's one hundred percent dead. Like he yeah he's probably dead. he he fu- he fucked up in Ukraine and he thought his only saving grace would be to fabricate some lies and and shit like that and um, defecting to Russia, which is the last place I would ever want to fucking live. No. But hey man, <laughs> yeah. two each their own. Two each their own. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but so yeah, now, so how that do was, you that get was, it out? Do what? How do you get kitted out, right? You don't, you have yeah, your gear, yes. right? right? So, so how so I, that... I brought, I brought all my own gear from the States. You know, I had my plate carrier, you know, my uh, helmet, uh, battle belt, magazine pouches. I had literally everything that I needed uh, aside from a weapon, magazines, and ammunition. Right. Um, so when uh when i got the, to so you know i leave Ternopil, hit the train head back down to me um get with my unit and we go to our base um that was like this big blown out building but uh it was cool we slept on the floor for a couple months um and it's blown out but it already been hit by the russians <laughs> um <laughs> but um so there they had everything um it that ended up i actually ended up getting uh a different plate carrier i got a ukrainian plate carrier um just because i didn't care for for mine too much um that i didn't right. after a, a few missions it was wearing on me in a couple of places that i didn't care for so i swapped it out with uh one of the ukrainian uh plate carriers that they had there but literally every everything there i had all my at weapons there um i had all my ammunition for my ak and i was issued an ak-47 stamped 1966 whoa shit great <laughs> yeah so they really took yeah. care of you guys huh yeah yeah yeah. well and awesome. what's crazy though is this this weapon was great like i loved my ak like, i absolutely love the shit out of it now it was a base ak you know iron sights you know you every wooden stock wooden right. foregrip everything was original right. 1966 ak-47 but what was cool about it is um obviously you know they sell all kinds of conversion kits and stuff like that um they didn't care what we did to the ak we could convert whatever we wanted to it um and they didn't they didn't care you didn't have to ask permission you didn't have to do anything the weapon just had to be good and ready for mission that's it that's that was the only requirement um, so some guys, you know, are getting different continuous systems and, and folding stocks and all kinds of stuff. That way they can add their own sights and, and do their, do their thing to their weapon. Um, me, I was, I was getting ready to do it, but then I was just, uh, I, I, I ended up not, I ended up just sticking to just the 
how the AK was. I, I enjoyed it. Everything that everything that we were shooting at was close enough to where iron sights was just fine. Um, right. Didn't need an actual optic to 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 look forward in advance and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so I I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, I love it. What AK, other but, uh, gear were they outfitting you guys with? And what was it? Was it good gear? Or was it kind of like eh? So both. I mean, really both. Um, I, I think the AKs were the essentially oldest crappy piece of equipment that we were kitted with. Um, all of our um, AT weapons were brand new. Um, we had, uh, um, you know, AT spikes, um, had an in-law. Um, we also, mostly what we carried was the, um, oh man, just uh, the Matadors, um, the Matador rockets. Um is mostly the the AT ones that we carry, and uh, they're not they're like about I don't know eight pounds or so give or take. But man, that eight pounds adds up quick when you're carrying it for <laughs> long periods of time. Like oh yeah, the best. And and they're not small collapsible like they're its full length the entire time. Um, so it gets really gets in the way and becomes a nuisance. But um, we had uh, my unit had uh, two Humvees with uh 50s on top um and uh so around this time uh, have y'all heard of uh knucking futz yuri uh, a lot of his videos have been seen uh you've seen somebody shooting a uh an at4 out of the back or out of the turret of a of a humvee like while they're going on assaults and stuff like that Jeez. and at, w- at one point he's like yelling for ammo and uh the Ukrainian wasn't giving him ammo. He just kept handing AT4s. So he just just kept lobbing AT4s when he was asking actually ammo for his 50. Have y'all mm. have y'all seen those those videos? No, I don't think no. I have. Oh, okay. So so uh, Yuri was. Uh, we were not in the same unit at this time, but they would come and use our basically our Humvees to do the striking missions while we would come in and um, do the ground assaults essentially. But uh, so so. We we I worked with a lot of missions with with Yuri at that time, um, and the Humvees and, and and everything like that. And then we also had a truck Humvee, which was more of like our uh, uh, troop in, insertion and extraction and uh, uh, medical transport and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, kit overall was was perfectly fine. This was the summertime in Ukraine, so we didn't need any you know winter jackets or anything like that. Um, we well, actually yeah, had. Oh, the weather was beautiful. I think it was uh, in like the 80s tops, mid 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 to upper 80s tops. So it yeah. was beautiful weather. I mean, once you, your body gets accustomed to it, you know, obviously that's hot. But sure. um, I'm used to, you know, being from Texas, I'm used to 100 degree weathers, 100 degree summers. But yeah, um, it was it was nice. Um, the only thing we didn't really have was NVGs and thermals at this time. Um, there was probably about 30, uh, 30 to 45 of us. And I think it was only like seven NVGs. Um, and share. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we had to like share depending on who was going on missions and what was happening and yeah. very few, and very few people had rhino mounts to attach to NVG. So you were hand holding it. Um, yeah, so it was, <laughs> it. Or yeah, if you yeah. had it, you were just like, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, ex- got mount. exactly. No, uh-huh. exactly. Yep, yep. It was wow. more for the 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 Humvee drivers and the gunners and the Humvees and stuff like that. And if we were uh, basically supporting an entrenched position, um, we could use it while we're just sitting in the trench to to scan and look to see if anything is is coming at us, or if right. we're doing uh, or if we're doing like a recce job, a reconnaissance job, and we need to see what's going on out there while we're doing reconnaissance, we would you know pull out the MVG, or we had to help also um to where we could we could look but um so really that i mean we were we were we we're pretty pretty kitted good pretty decent nice so what was it like that the the next two months there on like the front lines what were the like the missions like and what were you guys experiencing and doing yeah and so the first so so the first week i was there that was you know getting kitted out and then the Ukrainians there, they don't know who the foreigners are. We don't know who they are. So they kind of run us through some training to see if we actually know what we say we know. Um, and uh, so we go to the, 
yeah, refresh yeah. your skills and prove you know what you're doing. It is basically, you know, went to the range, you know, made sure everybody knew how to load, unload, show clear, and shoot uh, an AK-47. Um, we had to show that we could do, um, you know, uh, bounding drills, you know, movement to and from contact. Um, right. And then as well as make sure that we could accurately shoot the rifle. So, you know, we would we, we put out like this big steel piece of metal, approximately 45, 50 meters out, and we would sit there and just do, you know, just up, down shooting drills. And uh, I ended up becoming um, basically for here in this shooting instructor for all the foreigners and some of the Ukrainians. Um, oh, while, yeah, while I was there, I ended up uh, just being the the better shot of of, of multiple people, most of, most of the guys out there. Uh, so I would sit there and teach them how to shoot better drills how to you know hold their hands or their arms um how to walk and shoot at the same time you know basically how to how to roll your everything like that that way you're not bouncing so much when you're when you're shooting and walking right um good grab so, so basically exactly exactly basically how to how to instead of shooting all the way up like this you know exposing yourself get nice tight small that way you're a small target but you can also basically glide on the ground while you're shooting and engaging um, so I ended up exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I ended up becoming uh, basically the the marksman instructor for um, my my unit. Uh, so for that week, you know, well, continuously, but for that week, it was mostly just every day going to the range, shooting, um, movement drills, you know, different stuff like that. And what sucked is, uh, you know, other other guys in our unit that's at our base are going out on missions at night. You know, they'll they'll be going on missions. And we're sitting there like, yo, can can we go? And they're like, no, nah, man, not yet. And you're like, fuck. So one week when all you do is go on missions, it ends up feeling like a month. And it was only mm -hmm. a week. Especially okay. when other guys are around you going out, having fun, you know, shooting people, getting shot at, bringing back prisoners of war and shit like that. And you're just sitting there like twiddling your thumbs and eating the food that the, the Ukrainian housekeepers would make us, you know, cause we had, we actually had, uh, we had people, uh, locals that would come in and cook us breakfast and lunch every day. And then supper is leftover lunch. Um, they'd make a shit ton for lunch. It would just be left. Nice. But, uh, right. um, but yeah, so after a week, um, we finally get told, Hey, we're going on a mission. And we're like, hell yeah. Okay. And uh, so this is the very, very first mission that I got to go on. And uh, it was we were a small element, a part of a huge assault um, uh, plan. And uh, basically, I think we were like the third element or something like that, which I understand why they had it staged out the way they did. But I think it could have been better because everybody's assault required the previous unit accomplishing their task. But also if um, follow on, it didn't complete their task. They were your relief and your supporting element um, basically for sectors of fire and stuff like that for the previous unit, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. like Tom, like, let's say you're, you're the first unit you go, right. you accomplish your, you accomplish your goal. You need Chuck to, to then go and accomplish his goal because if Chuck doesn't accomplish his goal, then you don't have you no know, fire support on other elements and stuff like that. Right. So once Chuck completes his task, then I'm allowed to go and complete my task. Um, so on and so forth. Well, it was the fourth, we were the third or fourth uh, element. I don't remember in the, in that, daisy chain of events right and uh you know so we're, we're hearing the artillery go off we're hearing tanks you know we're hearing small arms and distance and doing different stuff and uh we were waiting on the radio for the the go-ahead for us to assault our trench the, the trench position that we were supposed to assault and we were supposed to assault through it was roughly oh, 200 meters of open field to mm. assault this position okay yeah yeah, yeah. So you know your boy, your boy's not, feel, your boy's not, yeah, your boy's not feeling too good about it. But you know it is what it is. You know, when you're in an open field and you have to take the next tree line, and the only way to get there is through an open field. Wow. You got to do what you got to do. Um, but uh, but that's why we needed the the next element 
to do their job. That way they can lay down you know, supporting and suppressive fire while mm-hmm. on the on the, the trench that we're assaulting while we, you know, bound across this 200 meters of open field. So we, uh, we take the Humvees, we get we get uh, infilled. And as we're getting infilled, we, uh, we start taking IDF from artillery, uh, indirect fire for the people that don't know acronyms, um, indirect fire artillery. Um, so shit's blowing up around us, you know, just, you know, hundred, yeah, hundred meters, 50 meters, 75 meters, 25 meters, you know, just everywhere. So we end up, uh, we end up infilling, get dropped off. Well, the Ukrainian that was driving us pulled into one spot and just stops and he doesn't tell us to get out or anything like that. I don't know. We roughly know where we're going, but not the exact drop off point. Um, so we're like, Hey, is this the spot? And he's looking on his, on his phone where the map is at. And he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. He's like, uh, no, 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 no. So he backs up and then drives forward even more or backs up out of the trees and drives forward even more, probably another 200 meters or so. And then he pulls back into the trees and then he starts yelling, you know, get out. So, you know, we all jump out and, you know, uh, disperse, you know, get our, get our spacing and everything like that. Still coming under, under IDF from the artillery. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, so then now we're sitting and waiting. We're in we're in our tree line. We're sitting and waiting for the for the call for the go ahead to, to assault. Sure. And uh, we're sitting there for probably well the first five minutes we're sitting there. I got one of my buddies from Canada, and uh, he'd been to Afghanistan and fought in Afghanistan and stuff. And uh, while I'm laying in this tree line, you know, just taking it all in, you know, um, I can feel my body is shaking just with the adrenaline, just pumping through my my body and everything like that the blood's going i'm excited i'm happy i'm like i'm I'm ready for it like i'm like hell yeah let's do this and uh while while i'm sitting there waiting i look over at him i I said hey man i got a question for you he's like what's up dude i was like uh yo is it is it normal that i have a chub right now like i i got a chubby and he starts laughing and he's like what (laughs) i said yo bro like it's not it's not full but like it's it's getting there dude like I, i got a fucking chubby and like artillery's blowing up 20 meters from us you know you can feel the earth shake and everything like that you know you get a little bit of the splash from the dirt and stuff like that he starts laughing he goes yeah man that's that's normal that's normal i was like i was like all right good i'm just glad i'm not fucking weird over here right. <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah so so first time you know taking idf and everything like that your boy over there starts getting a fucking hard on um and uh <laughs> I was like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. So we sit there for probably about 45 minutes to an hour, just taking a lot of IDF. And uh, next thing I know, um, our translator who has the radio, our commander and everything like that, he tells us, hey, uh, mission scrubbed, we're exfilling. Apparently the team that was supposed to accomplish their task before us, um, they didn't accomplish their task and there was too much IDF for them to be able to, to continue moving forward to accomplish their task in a timely manner for us to be able to assault through our task. So uh, we start exfilling again under IDF, you know, so basically we just do uh, the, the Humvees haven't come yet. You know, we've, we've a couple of Humvees run back and forth behind the line um, that, on the road that we're on um, mm-hmm. basically going and picking up uh, wounded wounded guys from the other unit way down yonder that that did do the assault um so we just start doing a you know a patrol out and uh you know there's i think there was about 10 of us you know just one big long patrol all the way out and uh we probably walk 500 meters or so and then all of a sudden you know our pickup humvee is coming up from a tall and ass stops at the front of our uh front of our uh, patrol and everybody starts diving in well it already had a full almost like a full bed of uh soldiers that had already picked up so now we're trying to throw 10 more bodies with every one of us has uh, uh an at uh weapon our rifle and a day pack because we were supposed to be there for roughly 24 to 48 hours so extra ammunition food you know shit like that to sustain us for 24 48 hours so right. this this pickup bed is getting fucking quick so we're all jumping in trying to jump on it while we're taking idf still and for the people that don't know the last thing you want to do is just be a sitting target um right. while while they're trying to call right. in artillery on you because um, all they gotta do is be lucky once that's that's it <laughs> um yep. so the best thing to do is just get the fuck out of there as quick as possible so we're diving in i dive on and uh, uh another buddy of mine uh 
I was the I was the last one uh in the patrol, so I was the last one in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, me and a two, me and another buddy, we jump in and we're off the side of the the, the, the pickup of the Humvee, um, the, the truck bed. And uh, so we're not actually in the the bed. We're on that big flat part where the where the wheel is basically. You know that that long flat lead, right. uh, edge. And mm-hmm. um, the the front of my body is facing into the back of the truck, but my backpack and my uh, um, Matador rocket is on my back, and it's hanging outside of the truck, basically pulling me out of the truck while oh, we're hauling ass. Yeah, while we're hauling ass down this dirt road. So one of the Ukrainians, he reached up and grabbed me by my plate carrier up at the front, and then mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like not onto his arm while we're hitting these huge fucking you know mortar holes and dirt road and shit like that so we're hauling ass and i happen to look up and i see a drone is chasing us Uh oh fuck i'm like oh fuck we can't stop if we and and i don't know i can't tell if this this drone has you know munitions on it or not right but i definitely know it's not one of ours because of how he's chasing us like beelining it hauling is hauling ass as fast as it can to catch up to us so i'm oh, thinking gosh. it has means <clears throat> so i start hauling ass to the guys get telling them hey guys if if we stop y'all get ready just to fucking disperse like instantly because this thing's gonna be dropping fucking munitions um in into the back of the truck and for people that don't know um use drones to drop grenades and small mm-hmm. um mortar shells and stuff like that right. for um uh you know to kill the enemy that's what i was thinking instantly so we're we're on ass i'm just watching this drone and i holler out at some of my buddies and they're watching the drone also now and uh finally i guess we got out of its range or it just stopped chasing us or whatever but it you you, you see it just sit there and 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 watch us while we drive off and i was like oh man that was a close one I, that <laughs> damn, was, yeah. I was like i was like damn that was that was but he was he was hauling ass to catch up to us and luckily he didn't but uh then we uh, we get back to uh, um, the little uh, the last village that we left, or we came through to, to assault, and um, we're still that the art we can we can tell now that the artillery is getting closer to us. So we uh, um, the trucks had to go pick up some more people that were were left out in the the field. Um, so we go to this basement of one of the houses, and we just kind of stage in there for approximately about another 45 minutes an hour or so and the trucks come back pick us up and we all head back to base um but yeah that was that was my first that was my first mission um <laughs> well you my, asked for uh, you asked for it <laughs> yeah 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 100% and i loved i loved every second right, why right. it was crazy it was adrenaline packed it was fun uh, i loved the shit out of it um dude drones chasing you that's fucking wild yeah so why <laughs> did anybody try to shoot at it was it too small, too fast, and zippy? Yeah, it's 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 one of those little DJI uh, Maverick three drones or whatever they call right. them, whatever. So I mean, it would it would have been small to hit with, you know, just shooting at it with an AK. Uh, but also, we're all like laying on top of each other and laying on our guns, you know, and everything's just it's all it it, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been possible to to shoot at it or anything right. like that. Uh, best thing to do is just haul ass to get away from it and if the truck stops go ahead and fucking dismount and fucking disperse and get away from everybody run away um, yes exactly yeah just completely disperse and get as much distance between you and the next guy that way if it is you that the drone tags um you're not getting somebody else with you it's just right. you right <clears throat> um but yeah that was the first mission and it was it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and then uh I did a lot of missions. That the in that unit we did a lot of reconnaissance, a lot of reconnaissance, um, uh, um, uh, different tree lines and different villages where Russians were at, and um, and then we would you know assault. We what we did reconnaissance on. Um, there was a this mission right here. This this mission was the start of why i decided to leave ukraine the first time leave this unit so we get told uh, a uh, a true line that we're supposed to go uh do some recon on um possible russian op um in front of it about 100 meters maybe um in front of this tree line and we're supposed to sit there 
do some reconnaissance on this uh, on this tree line. Um, if it's if there's an OP, a Russian uh, OP or observation, um, then eliminate the OP and just do do reconnaissance on that area where the Russians are at. You know where they're moving and stuff like that. Sure. Um, sit sit there until the uh, infantry shows up. Essentially, so it could have been that day. It could have been the next day. Just hold the tree line until infantry shows up. So. Uh, we were supposed to get there under the cover of darkness. So at night, um, I think we started stepping off our friendly trench roughly at one in the morning, zero, 100, zero, 200, give or take. Um, but as we are walking through our friendly trench to then continue on, cause we don't stay in the trenches like that. We, we would literally there do missions stuff like that and they come home the time that we would stay in the trench was because we're being ready to do an assault or we are reconnaissance or we just didn't assault our reconnaissance and we're waiting to be exfilled um or we were supporting trench because they either one are about to receive heavy contact from the russians or they just received heavy contact and they need some extra manpower so basically qrf um for for these for these positions um, so as we're walking through, you know, uh, our translator, we, we stop our translator talks to the commander of that trench at that time, basically gets the lay of the land where, where friendly is at Russian elements are at, you know, what's going on in the AO before we step onto the battlefield. Um, and he comes back to it. Hey guys, uh, a minefield over here that we have to walk through. And we're like, what? They're like, yeah, there's a there's a minefield we have to walk through. Like, was it is it demined? Is it marked? Is there a path for us to walk through can you, can you it? Provide us some more. Can you? Is there more to this story? <laughs> exactly. So so uh, so we so we ask him, and uh, he goes, "No, man, it's not demined. Uh, we're calling for an engineer now to come to come demine it." And we're like, okay, cool, yeah, because I'm not I'm not walking through a minefield at night with. No MBGs or thermals or anything. Even if I had an MBG or thermal, I wouldn't want to walk through a minefield because you're not right. really going to be able to see even thermals or MBGs. Um, so, yeah, the depth uh, so we get there. Is so fucked. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we just had the monocle ones too. You know, we didn't even have. You know, we're not mm-hmm. fucking. Op- you know, uh, spec ops and stuff like that. We're fucking quad um, nods, you know, and stuff like that. Or even with the dual nods, right. you know, just the, the mono one eye. So depth perception is horrible. So anyway, so uh, sit there and wait. I think uh, the engineer got there around zero four, zero five in the morning. He goes and uh, he was instructed to lay mines, not demine. So he doesn't have a demining <laughs> kit with him. He has a backpack full of mines. Yeah, he has a backpack full of mines to lay, but none uh, to none to demine. But so what he ends up doing is he ends up marking a path for us. You know, so he was at least able to do that. He marked a path for us. But that means that we now have to wait for sunrise to infill into our position to recon and, and everything like that. Oh great, there goes he, the element of the cover of darkness. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to move in the cover of darkness and now we're moving in first 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 light. Like it's like dusk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's dawn. Right. Yeah, dawn. Like very, very first light is when we start right, when sure, we step up sure. off. So we uh we walk the um so where we were going was one kilometer in front of us and then about another kilometer back the way we came. So basically um the the two tree lines were parallel from each other and we went to the far end of our tree line which was the far end of their tree uh, the tree line that we were conning walked a kilometer and then hung a right and walked the kilometers dispersing ourselves across this tree line to do recon uh, reconnaissance in front of us and to the neighboring tree line to the right of us um so we get in there. We didn't see a Russian OP or anything like that. So um, we kind of set up shop. There was a small little ditch on the backside of the trench line, um, basically closer to friendly position. Um, so we kind of just sit in this little this little ditch. That way, you know, we're not sitting on top of the ground, and, and we have a, a. It's very minimal cover, but something's better than nothing. Um, yeah. So we so we get into there. You know, we set up shop. You know, 
and just kind of hang out. You know, we we can hear uh, Russian artillery and uh, some type of it roughly five to eight hundred meters in front of us. Um, I had more guys because uh, I was in the, the rear of the uh, the patrol. So I had more guys to my fan out probably another five to seven hundred meters to where they could see a better position uh, on the Russians. Um, but, yeah, there was a Russian element uh, artillery and mortar unit right there uh, for 800 meters. So, we you know, we we call it in, you know, let them know. And the uh, ne next orders we got was hang out till the infantry gets there. Cool. We can do that. So we're hanging out. Um, the guy next to me, we're on a rotating system, you know, take naps and stuff like that because we've been up 24 hours now. Um, so uh, we're taking, you know, we're taking naps, um, eating little snacks out of our day bag and, you know, just just hanging out, just waiting. All right. What, and, what, kind of, what do you have in your I'm, I'm totally curious. What would you have in your snacks for your day? I had I had granola bars. I had granola bars because one, they were absolutely delicious, but two, they were uh, high in fiber and calories. There was a lot of calories in them. Um, so I, I knew, you know, going, going on mission and fighting that I need all the calories that I can get. Um, right. So that's, so, so that's, I always had a shit ton of granola bars. bars. Yeah. Yep. I'd have all kinds of granola bars and then uh, little chocolate um, pieces of candy and stuff like that for, for sugar and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, just hanging out, and then uh, we get word that the infantry is coming. Infantry will probably be there around 12, 1 o'clock. So hang out until they get there. We're like, all right, cool bet. And I would sure have laughed enough, if you're like, I have fucking uh, omelet MREs. Oh, dude, I would I would have gone hungry. I just hungry. Oh yeah, fuck om omelet omelet MREs are disgusting. No, I would have stayed hungry. But uh, so, yeah, about 1230 or so, um, again, I'm pulling rear security and I see movement down in the tree line and we're we're in no man's land. So this anybody could be walking up on us. You know, we're uh, um, literally, literally anybody and they're watching and I see movement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I notify the guy uh, uh, just a little bit down for me. He's like, hey, man, we got movement. Pass it on. And uh, now I'm just waiting. You know, I don't know if it's Russians or if it's if it's our infantry, who it is. And uh, I'm watching them, watching them, and then I see a, a yellow band, and I'm like, "All right, cool, Ben, that's that's friendly." So he still hasn't seen me yet, and I'm just kind of, you know, tucked behind a tree, and I'm doing my, you know, little secret, secret squirrel shit, you know, uh, doing recon. And I probably, I probably about ten of them walk out into the open tree line, and then uh, finally the front, the, the front guy sees me and like immediately like to raise his rifle real quick and uh uh is sitting there i was like i was like oh fuck dude i was like if you start lighting us up dude i'm gonna I'm shoot back it's it's that simple so i sit right. there and um we uh so so my unit because we do a lot of reconnaissance we don't wear armbands and stuff like that because we don't want anything to give our positions away um mm -hmm. so i literally i just i was like the the best i can think of is stick my rifle out just not in an aggressive position, but like horizontally, like just just stick it out. That way, he knows that it's not a threat. So uh, he see he I, I do that, and he sees it, and he, he waves everybody in. They all down to where the, the the front of my patrol is, where um, you know my team leader's at at the time, everything. And uh, I was like, cool, infantry's here, and there was probably about thirty of them, and they're bringing you know I saw them bring javelins, huge fucking machine guns, you know, shovels, everything. Like they were there to fucking set up shop, and you know that was their position so we start packing our day bags we're like all right cool time to fucking go home shit we might we might catch fucking supper at the house hell yeah you know did not have to fucking eat and wait till the morning you know we we might catch supper and um so we're you know we start packing up and about 30 minutes go by and we haven't moved we're like what the fuck about 45 minutes go by and uh we did change up to the front where the where the radio is at and like and the and team leader and like yo man why aren't we leaving Apparently we that wasn't our infantry. That was I think like second battalion's infantry or something like that. And uh, we were waiting for our specific um, oh. infantry. Yeah, oh. and I was I was like, oh man, this is fucking dumb. But I was like, whatever, man. You know, okay. Orders are orders. You know, you gotta fucking sit tight. But I was pissed because when they came in. They came in very sloppy. They they weren't trying to hide under, you know, tree coverage. You know, it was very, very right. sloppy. And all morning we can hear artillery coming and going from both sides, ours incoming and outgoing from ours and theirs. Um, we hear drones buzzing over us, but they're they're never stopped on top of us. They're literally just passing. And Ooh. after the infantry and after the infantry came through, we started having drones sit on top of us. 
And I was like, that's Uh-oh. not good. That's, that's not good at all. Like they know where we're at. Like, like drones are sitting on top of us. I don't know if they're ours or not, but like, if I hear drone, I just automatically think Russia. Like I always think the worst. And so I'm starting to, you know, pass some messages like, Hey guys, like we're probably about to start taking some heavy fucking, uh, artillery and shit like that. Um, and the Russians also have, um, a couple of BMPs and a tank about a kilometer ahead of us for their QRF about, about a kilometer, maybe a kilometer and a half, uh, in the next village in front of us for their QRF, for their positions out there. So we're like, Hey man, like, Y'all get ready for a fucking fight, you know, because it might happen. And sure enough, fucking, we hear uh, we hear some heavy small arms come off from my team leaders at, and uh, we're trying to figure out, like, hey man, is that is that outgoing? Is that incoming? Like, what's is that is that us or is that another element a little bit further down? Like, what's going on? And as I'm talking to the guy next to me, all of a sudden, uh, I hear a crack right next to my face, and a little bit of dirt pops up in the uh, in the ditch that I was in. And we're like, oh, no, they're definitely shooting at us. Like, that's definitely at us. So uh, we know the trend that they're in. You know, they're five, 800 meters uh, in front of us. Um, so a few of us, you know, we just start shooting rounds back into that general direction. You know, if anything, you know, it gets them up a little bit. They start having rounds crack over their face also. Um, we don't know exactly where they're at, but we have an, an, an educated guess. So it would be, you know, indirect fire at their positions. Um, and, uh, we start to, at that exact same time, we start taking heavy artillery cluster munitions, drop it on top of us. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, we start getting, um, we start hearing like a 20 millimeter cannon open up and now we're trying to to hear a 20 millimeter cannon start to open up. Yeah. And it's not hitting my position yet, but we're trying to figure out. Because we're you know we're out in fields and stuff like that, you know shit kind of echoes a little bit. Fuck, is that us? Is that them? You know, and we're trying to think. I was like, I was like, from my understanding, we don't have any armor elements to support us, so that can't be ours. And so was uh, it the Russians. About, yeah. So about that time, once we're everything's kind of like coming to light, and like you know, um, again, you know, half my team is you know several you know about a hundred to two hundred meters down from me, um, so nothing is quick communication. And uh, about this time, all of a sudden from my right hand, I hear everybody running through the brush, screaming, you know, go, go, go in, in English and in Ukrainian. And uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what the fuck we're doing. We're getting out of there. Um, and we're all hauling ass back the way we came um, while coming under heavy fucking artillery and munitions. And uh, these 20 these millimeter cannons are getting louder. and shit is blowing up right in front of me i see trees are fucking there and then they're not um so we're we're hauling ass and i'm carrying my fucking my my matador um at weapon you know i got my rifle in my hand and then i you know i got my day pack with all my extra ammunition and shit like that um and uh i thought to myself at first like i was scared shitless i was like i was like don't get hit, don't get hit, don't get hit. Because we also have small arms getting shot into our tree line also. So we're just getting, we're getting fucked. We're getting raked is what they're doing. They're just raking the tree line with everything. And uh, I was scared shitless. I was completely scared shitless. And then um, we all we dropped to the gun real quick because uh, they were getting the 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 IDF and the 20 millimeter, can- 20 millimeter cannon was getting pretty, pretty accurate. Like it was closing in pretty good. So we all got, got laid down on the ground. And uh, we're trying to come up with a quick game plan real quick on what we're going to do and try to figure some shit out. And uh, in my head, like right then and there, I was like, you know what, man? If you get tagged by anything that's going on right now, you're not going to feel it. Like you're going to be running right. and then you won't be running. Like you won't be here. Yeah, um, you would just be running so and then, then I'd be like, like boop, boop, done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep that thought. Mm-hmm. Keep that thought because we just hit time. Yeah. So we're going to pause. Yeah, we'll go for a And then we're going to pick it back up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you guys are going to have to wait till next week. This is how we get through our Christmas vacation, by the way. With a crazy right. climactic. We are, we are, we are, we are wishing you. So we're wishing you Merry Christmas and we're wishing you Happy New Year because that's when this will be out. Um, I just, I wanted to end, uh, We'll, we'll talk about 
usually we do a year in review and so we'll do that when we come back uh but uh this is a it's been fun it's been a good time we're gonna see you guys for the climactic conclusion of serving in ukraine when uh you you go there from the marine corps <laughs> with price uh, at that guy sleazy so uh we will catch you next week chuck what do you got for us Hey, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support us, please follow the podcast. Uh, whatever podcast uh, platform you subscribe to, like and share all that stuff, all that good mumbo jumbo. Follow us on our Instagram and on our, our Facebook. Our Instagram is at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. Hit the link in the bio. You can get to our website, uh, all the socials, um, all the podcast stuff, even the YouTube. The website's going to be booking.warstories. I'm sorry. Pause. That's, you know, <laughs> it's going to be www.warstoriesofficial.com. You can grab some gear and some merch. And then if you feel like you have a story you want to share, or want to be featured on the show, go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that is booking.warstories at gmail.com. I can get you booked. We're always looking for law enforcement, firefighters, medics, veterans, uh, corrections, dispatchers, and nurses. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us. Give them that booking email. Thank you for the support. Stay safe. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.